Hi, everybody. This week, we continue with our OG check-ins. Today, I'm checking in with original guest, Sasha. In her episode, as well as in this one, we talk about some really difficult topics, including suicide. So please, please use your discretion as you listen, and feel free to skip the episode completely. We'll be back next week. Sasha's first episode aired in two parts on March 29th, 2021. Here's a clip. We didn't really know how to break the news. So everybody that I called, I told them that she died of suicide. But when it came to speaking to the family in Chile and to the family in Iran, we gave those calls to my parents. Both my parents, they both said that she had died in a car accident. They just lied to their families. And I think the lie, in a way, it was easier for them to, to, to say to themselves, maybe, because of the stigma. Hi, everybody. Juleika here. I'm the host and creator of How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything. And I want to invite you to be on our show. If you're an adult and a child of immigrants from anywhere in the world, I'd love to talk to you about those conversations that are hard but necessary. Things about politics, dating, career, parenting. Seriously, no topic is off limits. Send us an email at hello at talktomommypoppy.com and let's get you on the show. That's hello at talktomommypoppy.com. See you soon. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve R. Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and host of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm excited to share big news. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is back. This time, I'll be joined by a very special person, someone whose name you know very well. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, founder of LWC Studios. Welcome, Juleka. I'm so excited. And by the way, I'll be taking notes. So many notes. As always, on the show, we get to hear stories from black and brown folks who are out there doing great and amazing things. Then I do my thing of offering some feedback and strategies to help us navigate personal and professional challenges. Together, we'll figure out how to achieve on our own terms. Subscribe to or follow How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at Talk to Achievers. Hi there, I'm Paulina, LWC Studios Managing Producer. Lend me your ear for a minute. The Supreme Court's decision to repeal Roe v. Wade devastated me and many of my colleagues in podcasting. It continues to be important that we stand together in supporting a person's right to choose. That's why I'm participating in the Listen to Women Coalition. It's a group of audio creators dedicated to uplifting and creating pro-choice content. We've launched a merch campaign with 100% of proceeds going to the National Network of Abortion Funds. You can find a link to Listen to Women on LWC Studios' Twitter at LWC Studios. Buy a t-shirt, wear it to your next hang to go to a live podcast show and on the way to the polls. And tell a friend. Thanks. When we first met Sasha, she talked to us about her younger sister Sudi's suicide and how her family never talks about what happened. 
She also shared with us that this silence makes it really hard for her to talk openly about her own mental health challenges. For this OG check-in, I wanted to know if Sasha had made any inroads with her parents and sisters and if the topic ever came up with the younger members of her family. Let's get into it. I'm Sasha. I am a writer from Miami. I have got the Persian dad and the Chilean mom. I'm the eldest of four girls and the youngest one uh, died of suicide. That was the topic of our conversation last time about how my family doesn't talk about it and how that's affected how I handle my own mental health. So happy to have you here. We love talking to our OGs. (laughs) How's life been? Uh, Life has actually been pretty good, I think. Um, I'm doing a lot better mental health-wise, like even exercising and stuff. So uh, back to exercising, which is amazing. (laughs) So when you were on the show the first time, that was a really tough conversation for us. But it was such a good conversation because you broke a taboo by talking about something that a lot of us do not talk about. So what was it like for you, after you and I had the conversation, to then listen to your episode? I I thought I felt fine. But when I was listening to it, it like I could hear the emotion in my voice. And in a way, it made me sort of more emotional listening to it. And uh, it took me a little while to listen to uh, part two. But once I listened to... Um, the speaker, Blanca Amaya, she did such an amazing job of calmly explaining about mental illness, about uh, suicide, about uh, the ways in which the stigma, especially in like the Latin and Middle Eastern community and how that affects how we talk about it. I felt so much better after listening to her. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. What has changed for you since we last spoke in terms of acceptance, in terms of grief, in terms of how your family and you talk about this or don't talk about this? Last summer, I went to visit my sister in Gainesville, and I noticed that she had some of the paintings that my uh, deceased sister, Sudi, had uh, painted. She was an artist. And I commented on them. And I said to my nephew, what do you think about these paintings from your Tia Sudi? He looked at me and then he put his uh, hands around his mouth and he whispered, we don't talk about Tia Sudi. And I was like horrified. And then my sister just kind of shrugged and she said, it's not that we don't talk about her. It's that sometimes I cry and he doesn't like it when I cry. You know, but kids, they sort of like come up with questions and you answer them at the time. And it might be months later before they ask another question about it. Yep. So I'm kind of taking it at his cue and seeing how he comes back to it. Uh, I was hoping that when Encanto came out that Mm -hmm. we could talk about it. And um, I made a joke that uh, we don't talk about Bruno is really we don't talk about Sudi. And um, no one in my family laughed. (laughs) But the kids all love the movie, so I figured as they ask questions, I can answer them. All I can do really is be as honest to them and as honest to myself as I as I can be. Um, but I think that the 
biggest change, and I did want to like throw this out there, is that I was on medication for my uh, bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this happens a lot to people who are mentally ill is that they put us on a medication and we feel better for a while and then we kind of plateau. I mentioned it to a psychiatrist and she's like, you don't actually have to feel that way. So we actually did a series of experiments on different medications and we found one where I actually feel good 95% of the time. Okay, so did you and your family talk through that process of you realizing this isn't working for me, trying out different things, and then landing on something that did actually work for you? Not per se. We didn't talk about it during the process. I did talk about it afterwards about how I've been feeling. This is that I'm sad that it took me 20 years of not taking medication or taking medication that didn't work. And so I have mentioned to them that I, you know, I feel great. They've been very supportive and saying they're glad that I feel better, but they haven't quite asked me specifics. Um, So I'll sometimes volunteer information, you know, that, oh, I'm on a mood stabilizer. And so I'm really good about things right now. Or they just sort of tacitly accept them without commenting. And I feel like that's progress in a way, because at least they're, absorbing the news as opposed to absorbing it and then spitting it back out. Mm. So I, you know, and one of my sisters, her daughter is autistic. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that there's a lot of stigma against having autism. And I think she's coming around more to the idea that things need to be talked about. So I think it's allowing her to see some parallels. And I feel like that's been a big improvement as well. So I want to go back to what you said about learning to take care of yourself. Um, Because a lot of the time, what our experts end up basically saying to people is, take care of yourself first and then worry about other people, right? So how else, besides this new medicine regimen, how else are you taking care of yourself? I Beyond the medication, I've also been... um, seeing a therapist Mm -hmm. that has been really helpful. I used to be very active in sports and in um, exercise, like soccer, Pilates, that kind of thing. And I fell out of it for a really long time because I was very depressed. Mm -hmm. And now I'm back in Pilates. I'm doing strength training. I do yoga. Um, Saying no to things, you know. (gasps) Preach. Oh, my God. Like that... (laughs) You know, I, and that's something that I also have a hard time with, you know, mm-hmm. I always find myself like, oh, of course I can help you with such and such thing, you know, at work or at home. Someone recently said they wanted me to help edit something. And I said, sure, of course. And then I was like, actually, I don't have time. Nice. So it's, it's learning to say no. It's working on some writing, uh, which has been fantastic. Just making time to sit for two hours and, and write because um, it feels therapeutic and I can just get my thoughts out. Um, walking has been really therapeutic. It's not walking for exercise so much as it's walking to just sort of clear my head. And that feels fantastic. Wow. This all sounds phenomenal. But I want to get into a little bit um, about the next generation in your family, because that anecdote that you shared at the beginning 
is really powerful about your nephew kind of gasping and going, oh, we don't talk about Sudi, right? And then your sister kind of like saying, well, we don't talk about it because he gets sad that I'm sad. When in fact, the onus is on the adult, right? To set the tone for how these things are handled. Do you think that it is going to be as difficult with this next generation, nieces and nephews? Um, do you think that there, you've helped or other people have helped to lay a groundwork for them to be able to enter into these difficult conversations about your sister's suicide? I think a lot about how my sisters are raising their children. I am not a mother. I'm coming at it from from our childhood perspective where we didn't talk about these things. Yeah. I feel like my sisters are both much more open than my parents mm. in terms of talking about things like our bodies or one of the things that's come up recently is uh, gun control mm. because my nephew is the same age as a lot of the children from Uvalde. Yes. So that is something that he has been asking questions about. So I think that by being open, um, we can probably get to a place where we can talk about my sister's suicide. Um, it's hard because they're really young. My nephew is nine and he's the eldest. And then we've got six, four, and two. So it's not like the six-year-olds or the four-year-olds or even the two-year-old know anything about our sister because they're they're too young to grasp that there were four of us. Right. Um, but I think that as we get older or as they get older, there might be more questions and then we can talk about it in a ways that are age appropriate. I think a lot about saying things like the brain is an organ that can get sick, just like the pancreas, just like a kidney. And there's if we don't shame a diabetic for taking insulin, we would not shame someone for taking medication for their brain. And I feel like when I'm explaining it to my nieces and nephews, I can say, we didn't know. Uh, if we had known, we, you know, and if we had known better, we could have done more. Mm -hmm. But that's why it's important to talk about it and to look for help. Because now that we know, we can do more to prevent other people from feeling this shame. And, and if, you know, and being open with them about my own mental health so that if they feel at any point that they have um, depression or anxiety, we can have those conversations. And I don't think my sisters would be averse to helping their children if that was the path. Wow. They're so lucky that you're their auntie. I mean, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I love being a Tia. <laughs> They're so lucky because... It's so important to have a safe adult um, who is not your parent. It's great when it's your parent also, but it's such a good outlet. You know, like I'm I'm the oldest auntie, Tia, in my family, and my nieces and nephews are still too young to be having very complex conversations. But already you see the signs, and I'm so gratified by it that they know that they can confide in me. And that they know that they can tell me anything, even silly things that are just funny. And so I really commend you for elevating that role in your family for yourself. And hopefully your nieces and nephews will see that as they get older, you know, that you are that place where, where they can be safe, where there's room to talk about all of the things that need to be talked about. Yeah, I, I think that being an aunt is 
probably the greatest pleasure of my life right now. So, and I'm really hopeful about rate. My dad always would say that we needed to stand on his shoulders because we would know better than him. Mm. And I feel like that's the same with my nieces and nephews that they, that we're building and they should go up. Agreed. So good to talk to you. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for again for having me. Sasha's original episode is called When a Sister Commits Suicide. It's in two parts. The first one is her testimonial. The second one is my conversation with an expert. You can find both episodes in our feed and on our website. We've also linked to them in the episode notes. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline offers free and confidential support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just call 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. It's free, confidential, and available 24-7. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our marketing lead. I'm the creator, Juleka Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Bye, everybody. Same place next week. <laughs>